Algar Productions. Computer, open secure channel, authorization Wildman Epsilon 614. Good evening, Naomi. Evening, counselor. One of these days, I'm going to convince you that you don't have to be so formal. You can just call me Jukes. I know I can. It's just... Every counselor I've ever talked to on Starship preferred to be addressed as counselor. Ah, uh, but every counselor you've talked to on a Starship served aboard that Starship with you. So if there was an expectation of professional courtesy. And that courtesy shouldn't extend to you just because you happen to be two million light years away? Listen, you see these credentials on the wall behind me? Uh-huh. Of course you do. I went to ridiculous lengths to arrange them in such a way that they're impossible to miss. But also so it doesn't look like that I did that on purpose. Sounds like textbook insecurity to me. You might want to talk to your counselor about that. You think I don't? I'm stationed at the Psych Division of Starfleet Medical. I have my pick of the finest analytical minds the Federation has to offer. Among them you! Hey, you said it, not me. My point is, you're already very aware that I'm a counselor. I know I say this every time, counselor, but I still can't get over how good these holographic comm systems have gotten. They've been trying to make this technology work for centuries, and it's always been so unreliable, but I keep having to remind myself that you're not physically sitting across from me. It does make my job a lot easier. Your Admiral Soraya pushed extremely hard to facilitate this entire program. Yeah, I heard about that. Seems like under all that military bluster, he's just a big softy. Did I tell you about the guest quarters? I don't think you did. Okay. So, the various groups on Nimbus spend a lot of our time deployed on missions, but we spend just as much time here on Nimbus Station, and the Admiral set aside a whole block of temporary quarters here for anyone who wants them. That seems handy. They've been a real relationship saver for a lot of people. Just about everyone I know is dating someone assigned to a different duty station than they are. And I heard the Admiral set this all up exactly for that reason. He's apparently very pleased that people from different ships are dating one another. I guess because that means the project's actually working. Makes sense. Like I said, big softy. I imagine you benefit from this particular policy as well. Oh yeah. I can't see Korg as often as I'd like to, but it's awfully nice to actually sleep together whenever you can. And by that, I mean literally sleep. I, I have, have mentioned, mentioned I'm asexual, right? right? Yeah, it's come up once or twice. I guess I do talk about it a lot. Yeah, I, sh I shouldn't mock like that. It's very unprofessional of me. And it's definitely not my intention to shame you for sharing such an important detail. Oh, I didn't take it that way. Remember, I spent a lot of time with Dal. I'm pretty much immune to sarcasm at this point. So, actually, that gives me a good starting point to take you through my day. As it happens, I did spend the night on the station with Korg last night, which was amazing. We're so happy together. I'm so glad to hear that, Naomi. But since we're both shipping out on missions the next day, we made a point of getting up a couple of hours early to spend a little extra time together. And how did you spend that time? Well, I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but Korg and me, we make beautiful music together. Oh, yes, hello. I don't want to be rude, but... That is such a Federation expression. Well, yes, I am a Federation citizen. Which brings with it many good qualities. But your concept of rudeness is absurd. If one speaks the truth, how can that be anything but welcome? My not wanting to be rude is the truth. I suppose we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, I guess. With you. <gasps> now that, that was rude. It is all that I know. Now... What was the original rude thing you wished to convey to me? I can't remember now. Oh, right! 
What the hell was that that you were just playing? I was playing my Mayron. It is a Klingon instrument that dates back to the dynasty of- Yes, thank you, Captain Literal. Please, I am but a lieutenant. I have no desire to challenge the authority of Captain Kirk. Uh, fine. Lieutenant Literal, I know what instrument you were playing, but I have no idea what noises you were beating out of it. I thought we agreed this one would be in G major. You agreed to that. I felt that playing accompaniment in K-sharp minor would complement that. K-sharp minor? Yes. Cork, there's no such key! Not in human music, no. Among your arguments in favor of this undertaking was... The coming together of different cultures through music. Wow, it's like I'm right here in the room with me. So it would follow that a uniquely Klingon contribution would assist us in achieving that goal. Your argument is sound. They always are. Apart from one small detail, there's no such thing as a K-sharp minor. Klingons can hear in frequencies beyond those perceptible by humans. So if I were to find, say, a Ferengi or a Vulcan, two species known for their hearing range, this wouldn't sound like an atonal mess to them? Possibly not. Your argument's showing some cracks, Lieutenant! Not at all. It's just, there's also the matter of taste. Just because they might perceive those notes does not mean they would appreciate them. Okay, but I heard what you were playing. It wasn't inaudible. It was just lousy. Now that is just rude. This is like that Klingons have two penises thing, isn't it? Uh. In what way? In that some Klingon made that up back in the early days to mess with humans. And now you're all just doubling down on it because you'd look ridiculous admitting that you've been lying all this time. I do not know what you may have heard, but I can assure you. Prove it, then. I beg your pardon? Prove it! Whip them out! Right here and now! I was under the distinct impression that this was a relationship of a non-sexual nature. I'm certain that my dating profile stated. I'm not asking as your girlfriend. I'm asking as a scientist. If you are asking, then I am free to say no. Of course. Then that is the option I choose. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Defeated once again by your cultural obsession with decorum. Damn it! Hoisted by my own petard. From the top, then? After you. Honestly, we're both really bad at the whole music thing, which we knew going into this. The problem is that we're both incredibly competitive people. Most together activities turn ugly pretty quickly. It's good that you have that kind of self-awareness. A lot of couples don't. Yeah. Also, when I say that we're both really bad, what I mean is that he's much worse than I am. We came together in a spirit of peaceful cooperation to expand our collective understanding of the universe. Twelve unique cultures from across two galaxies. Faced with complete disaster, we discovered that a single, unified coalition would be infinitely greater than the sum of its parts. And leading the charge in this unprecedented interstellar partnership is the Federation Starship Endeavor. Endeavor, created by Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Starring Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, and Jason Wallace as Kutch.
Season 2, Episode 8, Wish in One Hand. My duty shift begins at 0900, and since Dell's working graveyards now... This is because of that whole diplomatic incident she caused? Right. So now the best way to get some quality Naomi Dell kutch time is to have breakfast together at 0730 each morning. Adele, could you, uh, could you pass me a napkin? Yeah, in a minute. Ensign, I am your superior officer, and I am ordering you to hand me a napkin now. Kutch! <sighs> Here's that napkin you requested, Commander. Thank you, Ensign. Hey, Dal, you remember when we first met? When we were both lieutenants? You know, before I got promoted and you got demoted? Of course I because now I have to do this and I... And said you will speak clearly and audibly when you are being addressed by your betters. Cut! Huh? Well, what is it, Naomi? I can't believe the way you're talking to Dell right now. What do you mean? I mean, she's been through a lot since her demotion. She has to hear that sort of thing from everyone else on the ship, but she should feel safe when she's here with her friends. But, but she asked me to talk to her like this. She did? She did. In fact, it's precisely because I have to hear that sort of thing from everyone else on the ship that I asked him to do it. What? All the judgmental glares and the whispers behind my back and the thousand little polite but rude remarks to my face. They were actually getting to me. I need to toughen up if I'm going to get through this. And I can't think of any better person to help me do that than Kutch here. Aw, thanks, buddy. You could have asked me. <laughs> oh, can you imagine uh, Naomi saying something demeaning? <laughs> she might get as far as thinking up something mean, but she'd make herself cry before it even came out of her mouth. Are you guys making fun of me for being kind? Not at all. <laughs> it is funny, though. I suppose it would be funny to a couple of complete jerks like you two. Okay, I take it back. No visible tears, no tremble in her voice. Yeah, you gotta be at least a little bit of a jerk to hang with us. Oh, an excellent use of the rude gesture. Full points for that one. So what are you two up to today? Well, I don't know what linguistics as a department is up to today. I was barely in the loop before my delutenanting. Is that even a word? Listen. I might be the most junior officer in my department, but I'm still the most qualified linguist on this entire project. If I say it's a word, it's a word. <clears throat> Sir. Better. And as the most qualified linguist on this entire project, I am currently checking the programming code in the Universal Translator, manually, line by line. Well, didn't you and Naomi write most of the code that we use in our translators in the first place? Sir, we sure did, sir. But it never helps to triple and quadruple check, sir. I think you mean it never hurts. I know what I mean. How about you, Kutch? Today, we will be implementing Phase 6B. Wow, you're already up to 6B? You really whipped that department into shape since you took over. You're damn right I have. Captain Gia said my 13-point plan to upgrade security to the most efficient and effective protection force in two galaxies was ambitious, but who's laughing now? Did the captain laugh at your plan? That doesn't sound like him. No, the answer to my question is nobody. Nobody is laughing now. Nobody was laughing before because I take my job very seriously. I'm not sure that's how that expression works. No, it is. Trust me, I'm a linguist. 
So, isn't anyone going to ask me what I'm doing today? Yeah. I hadn't planned on it. Oh, come on! Look, I feign interest because we're friends, but the honest truth is that nobody outside the sciences department really cares what the sciences department gets up to. What?! It's true. I like to get a read on your excitement level because I have a personal investment in you, as the ensign here alluded to just now. Thank you, sir. That's very generous of you. But beyond that, and specific things that might affect my duties and security, I... Well, all due respect, Naomi. I just don't care all that much about the details. You two realize that the Nimbus Project is driven primarily by sciences, right? We're the most important department on this ship! I know that you, and everyone in sciences, absolutely believe that. Boy, ain't that the truth. We outnumber the next largest department almost three to one! That means nothing. If anything, that means a science officer is worth one-third what an officer in another department's worth. That's not how it works at all. But okay, I'll humor this positively absurd claim. If we're not the most important, then who is? Well, I may only be a lowly ensign, but I do know that Starfleet's charter is, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, Commander. You know I will. To seek out new life, new civilizations. Yeah, that sounds about right. And? And, once you've sought them out, the next step is talking to them which you need a linguistics department for. And if they end up being hostile, after exhausting all reasonable diplomatic options, of course, you need a security team to keep you safe. Okay, but those concerns are secondary, since the first part of our charter, which you seem to conveniently have left out, Dal, is to explore strange new worlds, sciences. You see that, Ensign? An inflated sense of self-importance is something you really need to watch out for as you rise up through the ranks. Naomi's third in command on this ship, and look how huge she's allowed her head to get. Also, she split an infinitive. Say what now? Seem to conveniently have left out such atrocious grammar from such an important officer. Yeah, because grammar is so much more important than studying things on this mission of exploration. Do you three fight like this a lot? What? We weren't fighting. That's just how we talk to each other. Wow, really? Sure. Between Kutch's cultural propensity toward debate, Dal's extreme attention to detail, and my own natural tendency to critically analyze things, most of the breakfast conversations... Wait, I don't like the sound of that wow, really. Th- this all sounds perfectly healthy when you put it that way. You're fine. Okay, good. So... 0900 was our department-wide briefing, and despite what those two jerk friends of mine might have you believe, we had some pretty exciting work ahead of us. All right, everyone, let's quiet down. Uh, you know, Commander, uh, you say that before every single briefing? Yeah, we're science officers. I mean, nerds. That is exactly what I mean. We're not really known for our rowdiness. Hey, guys, Naomi is the head of this department, and that entitles her to our respect. I, uh... Wasn't implying otherwise. Yeah, Grant, you really need to learn to read the room. It's okay, guys. I'm sure you didn't- I'm really just excited to hear what she has to say is all. I appreciate your enthusiasm, Lieutenant Grant. Thanks, Naomi. And listen, Naomi is fine when we're off duty, but- Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Commander. Now who isn't showing the proper level of respect? Alright, for real this time, quiet down. I have something pretty big, and I'm gonna need the entire astrometrics department to reprioritize to get all the data we need in time. Wow, that's like 30 people. What could it be? It is like 30 people. And the reason is this. There's supposed to be a visual presentation, or... Guys, be 
nice. Oh, sorry. This. It's beautiful. It is. And this is just the simulation. Long-range sensors picked up extremely unusual radiation readings from the star we've cataloged as J6512 Delta. Now, as some of you may recall, Grant, you, you can put your hand down. I'll just tell everyone. This star is situated inside a gas nebula, and apparently it's only emitting infrared radiation. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. Is this going to get very technical? Oh, yes. Extremely technical. Is there any chance you can sort of summarize this part for me? I know this is your work and your passion, but I don't know a tachyon from a hexagon. Oh, sure. I have to do this a lot for the captain. I think I've gotten pretty good at it, actually. We found two long-dead white dwarf stars that seem to have merged and reignited somehow. Does that work? Wait, uh, uh, wait, wait, they merged and reignited. Can stars do that? Look, you can't ask me to simplify things and then hit me with a question like that. All right, all right. The relevant thing here is that this is extremely rare. We think there might be only four or five of these in the entire Andromeda galaxy. Huh. Which contains about one trillion stars. Wow, okay. So this is like a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing for someone in your line of work. Exactly. Also, it's pretty far outside our current exploration territory. I had to call in a lot of favors with the captain to divert Endeavor there. You know, I've always wondered what calling in favors actually entailed. In my case, it means literally begging and pleading Commander Zot and Captain Gia until they caved. Okay, so that put us at the end of the briefing. So once Commander Kutch finishes his security exercises, we'll be changing course to J6512 Delta. At warp 8, that should put us there in about a day and a half. I have every confidence that you'll all be ready well before we get there. And remember, my door is always open if you need anything. Dismissed. Excuse me, Night. Oh. <laughs> Commander. Oh, hey, Jen. Aw, thanks for calling me Jen. Of course. So, what can I do for you? Oh, right. Well, okay. So, I'm super excited about these white dwarfs. Just amazing. But? But, well, so I'm not sure if you saw my proposal earlier. Is this about the moon moon? That's the one. A double moon is pretty exciting too, right? Sure. I mean, Starfleet's already collected a lot of data on moon moons. Sure, in the Alpha Quadrant. But we've never seen one here in Omega before. I mean, I, I guess. It's just, I was hoping we could swing by and check it out soon, before we leave this region of space, since I know we're probably not coming back here. It would help my research a lot. Jen, I appreciate that. I really do, and I wish I could help. It's just that it took a lot of convincing to get the captain to sign off on this other thing, and I'm not sure I could ask for something else on top of that. We wouldn't have to stay long. Sorry, Jen. I hate to disappoint you, but the answer has to be no. Well... What if I took a runabout? Normally, I'd be happy to sign off on that. But one of the things that helped me sell this is that engineering was waiting for a long trip like this to do some kind of study on the warp drive. And they've already calibrated their models to the ship's exact current mass. <laughs> I don't care about engineering. I need this. Please, just let me go to that system before we leave this sector forever and I never get a chance to. I'm so sorry, Commander. It's all right, Jen. I understand you're excited. I have been where you are before more than once. Trust me. 
I really am sorry we can't make this work for you. Hey, it's okay, Commander, and I'm so sorry to have violated protocol like that. Won't happen again. I'm happy to prep for this new mission. In fact, I should go do that right now. Is it okay if I go and do that now? I mean, am I dismissed? Sure, I guess. You know, I'm not worried about protocol when it's just you and me. I am wondering if I should worry about you, though. No, I'm completely fine. Thanks for understanding. I think understanding might not have been the best word for what I was doing, but fortunately for me, the next item on the agenda was my daily briefing with Captain Gia. So you're telling me that one of your subordinates is extremely overexcited about some scientific project that your department currently doesn't have the resources to support. That's right. And she is so absorbed in this project that she seems to have forgotten completely how to speak in a respectful manner to her superior officer. Hit the nail on the head, Cap. Hmm. What is it? This doesn't remind you of anyone you know, I suppose. No, why would it... Okay, I see what you're doing here. Doing? Well, I'm simply offering Captain Lee advice to one of my most prominent department heads. Hmm. Quick sidebar. Would you say our department is the most prominent? Oh, well, um... Hmm. Uh, every section of the ship is important in its own way, and I don't think I could prioritize one over another. Damn, I thought I had him. Anyway, I see what you're getting at, Cap. This isn't the first time you've pointed out that Lieutenant Grant and I are a bit alike. I still don't really see it, but obviously I trust your judgment. Well, it's always good to try and see things from another person's point of view. And in this particular case, well, Grant might have been acting a little squirrely, but I think science officers in general lean toward the squirrely end of the spectrum. Cap! <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Mostly. Okay, so how squirrely is too squirrely? Well, you have to take that on a squirrel-by-squirrel squirrel basis, really. People like you and Grant are very passionate about what you do. And all joking aside, I love that about you. A perfect mission to me is one where everyone involved is contributing out of genuine passion for the work. That's a very sweet way to look at it. Well, not every commanding officer is as forgiving as I am about breaches in protocol. The Admiral comes immediately to mind, but I don't think it does any real harm. But of course, you know the Lieutenant better than I do. You're in a position to judge what's normal for her. And ultimately, you're the department head, so it's your call. Thanks, Cap. By the way, did you know that you are the only department head who hasn't filed a single disciplinary action for any of their people since we started here last year? Oh, no. Do you think I'm not being strict enough? Oh, no, no, Naomi, that wasn't a criticism. That was a compliment. I've seen you handle incidents directly, and I continue to be impressed by your skills at D&D. That's diplomacy and de-escalation. This isn't the first time I've said this to you, but you're going to make an amazing captain someday. Really? You're sure I'm not too squirrely for the job? Oh, God, captains are squirrelier than anyone. The rest of our time was typical daily briefing stuff. Mission rosters, requests for extra resources, that sort of thing. That kept me occupied till lunch, which is the only other time I really get to see Dal these days. There you are, right on time as usual. Sure. You know us Cardassians, we might be horrible genocidal monsters, but we get the trains running on time. What's a train? I think it's a type of mid-sized grazing pack animal. Huh, you learn something new every day. Yes, and I also tell you things that are almost certainly untrue which is another thing everyone knows about Cardassians. Anyway, I hope you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon. Naomi, I've known you for 16 years, and you've kicked off every single lunch date by saying that really oddly specific phrase. Is it from something? You mess with me in your way, I mess with you in mine. That is entirely fair. <coughs> Ugh. Ugh.
I will never get used to the fact that you keep an actual dick bat in your quarters. Oh, Kate's a big sweetie. Wait, did you just say dick bat? You heard me. That's what Captain West calls those things. That raises so many questions. You may ask me, too. Ooh, okay. All right. First, how the hell does a Starfleet captain who served over a century ago in an entirely different galaxy know about a pet that I adopted here in Andromeda last year? He says the Alpha Quadrant was lousy with those things back in his day, when they weren't contaminating indigenous civilizations or playing footsie in the neutral zone. They were being nearly driven deaf by... <coughs> Ugh. Right. By that. Huh. That implies either independent parallel evolution separated by literally millions of light years, or that there's some kind of actual connection between the species. Either way, my people in genetics would be fascinated to know about this. Well, in an infinite universe, it would make sense that someone would be fascinated by that weird perverts. Dal, not everyone is a pervert just because they take an interest in something unusual. Not in the circles I travel in, anyway. Or maybe they are, but they're secret perverts. May I ask a second question now? Is it about perverts? No. Well, maybe a little, actually. <laughs> when and how did you, of all people, talk to Captain West? That's two questions, which means you forfeit. Damn it! I never win this game! No, but you keep trying, and I admire that persistence. I think it's your human half. The part that keeps pressing on, regardless of your many, many past failures. That's why I enjoy unwinding with you in my off time. It puts me through such completely unnecessary stress. What can I say? It's a gift. So how's therapy been going for you? Actually, it's been... Okay, I'm not going to actually tell you what she told me about therapy, since that's supposed to be confidential and all. How very ethical of you. What can I say? It's a gift. So anyway, we chatted for another couple of minutes, but our lunch was cut short. Myra to Commander Wildman. Oh, uh, do you want me to answer this out in the corridor? What? No. First of all, we're in your quarters. If anyone should leave, it's me. But second... I can handle hearing my ex's voice. I think. Probably. Possibly. You sure? No, but if nothing else, this will give me something new to talk about in therapy next time. That's... the spirit, I guess. Go ahead, Commander. Naomi, if you have a minute, can you come see me down in engineering? There's a potential situation involving one of your people, but I hesitate to say more on an open channel. At least until we're sure what's going on. Understood. I'll be right down. Wildman out. That sounded ominous. Maybe, but it might also be nothing. A couple of my new science team arrivals are fresh out of the academy, very young, very inexperienced, and very into pranks. I might just be dealing with another replicator programmed to dispense live chickens. Ugh, that sounds tedious and deeply unfunny. Pretty much. But that's managing people. Sometimes hearing about what you have to go through makes me glad I'm a screw-up who will never be put in charge of anything. Ever. You'll clean up here when you're done, then? Of course I won't. But I promise not to rifle through your personal belongings. What would I do without you, Dal? That is a question that we dare not contemplate. Okay, Commander, I'm... Commander! Commander Myra! Oh, it's a... a robot! Hello, little guy! Well, okay, you're actually taller than I am. Do you know where Commander Myra is? Over the... Oh, there you are! Here I am. Almost where my guy pointed. Well, about 13 degrees off, but 
Enough that you got the idea. I'll have to do some more tweaking. Go back to my office, please. We'll run some more tests this afternoon. I was going to ask if you built that thing, but it seems pretty obvious now. Yeah, it's just a little something I've been working on in my spare time. You remember that sentient tricorder? Man, I've been in Starfleet too long when I can say something like, remember that sentient tricorder without feeling like a raving lunatic. Oh, you're building her an exosuit. That's amazing. Uh, anyone could have done it. She asked and I volunteered is all. Anyone could not have done it. You have a gift, Commander. The things I've seen you build never cease to amaze me, and you almost never synthesize new materials to do it. You just manage to make some brilliant new thing out of whatever you happen to have lying around. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Commander. You're the one who practically eliminated the need for short-range ship travel when you said, oh, by the way, we can just adapt the quantum transporter to move across entire star systems. No big deal. Well, it's not really a big deal. Uh-huh. Just like it's no big deal for me to bash together my weird little projects out of old garbage. I just don't even know how you make your brain work that way. How do you look at a pile of stuff and think, if I just combine these in a different way, I can make an entirely new thing? You want to know the real answer? It's kind of a long walk. Of course. All right. So, when I was a kid on Bajor, not too long after the occupation, I took a trip to see the Celestial Temple. I didn't know you were religious. Oh, I'm not. You'll notice I didn't call it a pilgrimage. I don't really have what you'd call faith, or a rich spiritual life, or the patience to sit still during very boring ceremonies. But I do believe things I can see. And since the Bajoran wormhole, which we also call the Celestial Temple, actually exists, I wanted to go see it. So you actually went inside the wormhole? Oh, no, no. I went someplace even better. I went to the mining station that Starfleet took over when the Cardassians... So what was so great about this place? Well, like I said, it had been a mining station. Not exactly built for the sorts of things Starfleet had in mind when they took it over. And a handful of potentially useful things that had been part of the station's design had either been destroyed or absconded with by the departing Cardassians. Really? I thought that station ended up being pretty important during the Dominion War. Oh, it did. And the entire reason it didn't completely shake itself to pieces when Starfleet boots touched the floor was its engineering team. They somehow managed to cobble together a seemingly random assortment of technology from Cardassian, Federation, Bajaran, and who knows what other cultures to make this beautiful mound of elegantly functional trash. Well now, that's a turn of phrase. Yeah, I've thought about it a lot over the years. Also, that's more or less how I like to think of myself, a beautiful mound of elegantly functional trash. That was a joke. Feel free to laugh. Oh, trust me, I almost did. Then I wasn't sure if I should. Commander, let me save you a little bit of future anxiety. When you're around me and you're not sure if you should laugh or not, always go with yes. Noted. Okay, so what did you need to see me about? Oh, right. Listen, it's Probably nothing, but also I've been on starships long enough to know that you shouldn't ever ignore things that are probably nothing. So these are the parameters for the warp calibrations we're planning. As you know, these involve a lot of variables which need to be calculated with extreme precision. Right. Because there are so many variables, I've actually made a version of the equations available to my entire team. 
Each person is manually checking the parts of the ship they correspond to, and everyone is double and triple checking each other's work. Anyone can change this copy, but I have final approval. Sure. You made all this available to the science department as well. I haven't had a chance to look things over in much detail since we've been preparing for the project, but... Yeah, that's where the potential problems come in. I know you people are extremely busy getting ready to look at a cloud or whatever it is we're doing. We do love looking at clouds. But a couple hours ago, someone from Sciences accessed the database and made a whole bunch of changes. Small things. Extremely thorough, though. Like, each change that might have thrown things off kilter had a corresponding change to even things out? Okay, so maybe someone on my team was just trying to help out. If everything still checks out, then I'm not sure there's a reason to be concerned. Well, that's just it. It all does check out, but there's also no real reason to have done it. It seems like they just went in and made a bunch of changes for the sake of making changes, but also had the algebraic instincts to make sure the equations all balanced out. Hmm. May I? Please do. Wow, these are a lot of changes. There's nearly 200 alterations here. And it all checks out, like you said, except... Hang on. Oh, no. What? Well, I think I might see what they were trying to do, except... Oh, no. What? It's hard to see when you look at these individually, but when you group them together like this, you can see that an increasingly large quantity of mass is being systematically removed from your totals a little bit at a time. Doing it in a lot of steps like this means that it's almost impossible to detect unless you know what you're looking for. Just how much mass are we talking about, Commander? 3,814 kilograms. That is the exact mass of a runabout. But if someone wanted to steal one, why didn't they just do that? Who would go through all this trouble to hide it? Oh no! I know. I can't believe I lost another runabout! I know. This is the fourth time this has happened since I became security chief. All right, five, if you count the one that exploded and caused that temporal anomaly. But since that ended up never having had happened, it's officially only four. I know. But four is still a lot of runabouts for a chief of security to lose track of. You know how many runabouts they expect you to lose? Two? Zero! Yeah, that makes more sense. I've had three performance reviews since I took this job, and all of them rate me as above average to excellent in every aspect of my duties, except this. Why am I so bad at this? Are you done? Yeah, I think so. I'm still pretty angry with myself, but I'm done venting. Thank you. Anytime, Kutch. You seem pretty convinced that Grant took the runabout this way even though we don't have a fix on her yet. Oh, I know exactly where she went. She must have disabled the astro trackers because... Oh, hang on. We have a warp signature. Let me guess. She's headed for the double moon in sector F-19 Epsilon. Actually, it looks like she did come out of warp in F-19 Epsilon star system, but she shot past the double moon and she's on an intercept course with... What? With what? With... Whatever that is. Sorry, I 
I usually like to have more information than she went that away, but I cannot make any sense of these readings. Let me have a look. I, in my defense, the computer tried to identify that massive concentration of energy, and uh, it seems to have done the digital equivalent of a massive shrug. Maybe if I reconfigure the scanners to break through this Verderon interference... No, <laughs> like, uh, like if the computer was a character in a comic, uh, it'd have a big question mark hovering over its head. Got it. It's... the Metron. Oh, good. Energy beings that think they're better than we are. Didn't we do this already with Tox? Actually, as far as we can tell, these guys have never been particularly hostile to us. So, how is it that we just happened upon the Metron? An entire galaxy away from the last time someone encountered them. We're not exactly sure, actually. Their concept of physical space is different than ours. They insist that we're too primitive to understand, but... But guys like that always say stuff like that. Exactly. Anyway, I did manage to get them to help out on my Royal Blue project a while back. Oh, uh, right, right. I vaguely remember you telling me about that. But Starfleet wasn't crazy about that and requested that we limit our contact with them going forward, since we can't entirely understand or trust the motives of beings like them. As a security officer, that is exactly what I would advise. Yeah, I wasn't at all bothered about it, but Grant, she had this idea that we could fill in a lot of gaps in our scientific knowledge with their help. For a while there, her answer to every big science mystery was, let's go ask the Metron. Eventually, I got her to let it go, but... I found the runabout. All right, let's get this over with, I guess. Open a channel, please. Actually, she's not on board. What do you mean she's not on board? That runabout isn't equipped with a quantum transporter, and it's not close enough to a planet to beam there with a conventional one. Uh, Scans say one of the EV suits is missing. Uh, Reconfiguring now... And... She flew right into that glowing mass of energy, didn't she? I mean, all the evidence I currently have is circumstantial, but that seems like the most likely option. Do you want me to go in and get her? (sighs) No. I guess this is something I need to do. She's one of my people, after all. I'll go suit up. You keep the scans and let me know if you manage to find anything more concrete. You got it. How are we looking, Kutch? Uh, The pattern enhancer you strapped to your suit is holding. I should be able to read you even when you're inside whatever that thing is. My scans confirm that there is no radiation danger. But I also have no idea what is in there. A planet? A vessel? Uh, Yeah, I got nothing. I I was thinking maybe set the scanners to surface. I might trick them into... Kutch? Kutch! Damn it! That pattern enhancer is not worth the extra mass I strapped to my back! I bet Myra could have thrown something together to. <gasps> Kutch, can you read me? I appear to have entered the anomaly. The light is nearly blinding in here. There's a sort of wavering rainbow effect, and everything that moves leaves a trail of light behind and. Okay, now I know you still can't hear me because you'd be making a dumb joke about me being high right now. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Sounds like a voice, and I'm hearing it through my helmet, which means there must be air in here for the sound to travel through. Grint? Alright, well, your helmet is off, so I'm gonna assume the atmosphere in here is safe. 
<laughs> Jen! Jen, what's wrong? I'm so sorry, Commander. I'm sorry I disobeyed your orders. I'm sorry you had to come all the way out here to find me. I'm so sorry for everything, all of it. Don't worry about it right now, Jen. What happened? They thought they could help me. I was sure they could help me. And maybe they could, but they won't. Who? The Metron? The very same. What did you do to her? To her? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Is this true? <laughs> yes. That's the problem. They won't do anything for me. Interference is not our purview. Don't give me that. You interfered on Cestus III when you made two sentient beings fight to the death. You interfered with actual temporal causality when Naomi asked you for your help with Royal Blue. But now I need something deeply fundamentally important and now you don't interfere? The sequential events that result in the demise of a living being will not be tampered with. Not for us. And certainly not for the likes of you. Jen, what did you ask them to do? <laughs> She's dead, Naomi. She was there on Macario when those horrible people took over and they killed her. Those horrible, awful people murdered her. Just because she had a little bit of bullying somewhere back in her family tree, which gave her skin the faintest, almost unnoticeable tinge of blue. It was the most beautiful skin I'd ever seen. I used to call her my ice princess, and now, now she's gone. She's gone forever. And you thought the Metron could undo what happened and bring her back to you? We will not interfere. I got it, thanks. Can you just, can you let me talk to her for a minute, please? Go on, Jen. <sighs> Wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened. The entire Dominion fleet from the Gamma Quadrant just vanished during one of the bloodiest battles of the war. A moon with a decaying orbit just corrected itself one time. And there are like a hundred other examples on the books. Examples of what, Jen? Of one of these all-powerful energy races stepping in and helping us lesser people. But not the Metron. Never the Metron. Oh, right. Why would you help us? Why would you help me? I'm just a depressing little lower being with problems that don't matter to anyone. <sighs> The Metron will not... Look, I told you, we get it. Now just shut up. Very well. You bore us anyway. Avail yourself of the atmosphere as long as you wish. We shall remove ourselves to planes that your mortal minds cannot fathom. Yeah, bye. Wow. I can't believe you just yelled at a god. Jen, they're not gods. Sure, they're more advanced than we are in certain ways, but we run into that a lot out here. You're a scientist. You know there's no such thing as magic. I guess I just hoped that there might be such a thing as compassion. Oh, honey. There is. I promise you there is. <laughs> Jen, I had no idea you lost one of Makaria. You know I was there when things took a turn, and I hope you know we did everything we could to get everyone out of there. I don't blame you, Naomi. They killed Arena the night before the election. It was before you even got there. Oh my god. It was so lost without her, Naomi. I didn't care about anything anymore. Every time I thought I might be starting to get over it, I'd just remember that it was humans who did this to her. Humans like me. Not like you. Nothing like you. Listen to me, Jen. What happened in Macaria was an awful, brutal, ugly thing. 
I've lived through so many awful things in my life, but nothing like that. This wasn't some hostile army or some misunderstanding with an alien species. These were our own people, believe me. I can't imagine exactly what you're going through right now, but I can tell you this. I think about Makaria every day, and no matter what angle I come at it from, I can't make any kind of sense of it. Absolutely none. But you seem so together. How? I have a very good support system. I have my friends, I have Captain Gia, and... Well, this may shock you, Jen, but I see a therapist regularly. Really? You? Me! I seem so together because I have a professional helping me keep things together. There's no taking away the trauma I've experienced, but it is possible to learn to live with it and use it to make you stronger. Wow, that was... that was amazing, Naomi. Right? If I ever think about leaving Starfleet again, maybe I could work as a spokesperson for your services. Look, I I know you're trying to just light the mood, but don't dismiss this. You showed extraordinary kindness and empathy there. I don't know about extraordinary. I just showed the base level of empathy that anyone should have. Oh, I wish that were the case. I'd love to say anyone would have done what you did in that situation, but it's not true. You're just going to have to accept my original assessment of extraordinary. That's our time, huh? Yeah, I'm, af- I'm afraid it just about is. Well, that was pretty much everything I had anyway. Jen took a short leave of absence, which Captain Gia was more than happy to give her. And I'm confident she's getting the care she needs. I look in on her every now and then, and I think she'll be good to return to work, if that's what she wants. That's so good to hear, Naomi. You did good. You should be very proud. Oh, thanks, Counselor. Same time next week, then? Same time next week. Right, then. You take care of yourself. Jukes out. I didn't know you had an appointment today. Yeah, I'm on a concentrated schedule right now. Twice as much crazy means twice as many sessions for the foreseeable future. In fact, I was just telling this young lady that, while her advances are hardly unwelcome, perhaps I'm not in the best emotional state to date anyone right now. Wait, young woman? Hi, Naomi. Oh, you must be here for... Well, you know you probably shouldn't be... Oh, I... I guess you've handled this already. Trust me, I'm not exactly ready to be dating again. Just yet. Oh, did I misinterpret? No, you absolutely did not. I try to flex the muscles every now and then, just so I don't forget how. That makes sense. But, hey, sometime down the road when we're both in a better place, maybe give me a call? Oh, time for my appointment. See you both later. You know, I think she's going to be okay. Yeah, she is. Tell! What? You heard her. Gotta keep that muscle flexing so I don't forget how. Season 2, Episode 8 of Endeavor featured Mark Bosco as the narrator, Rich DeThorne as Counselor Jukes, Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Bill Manning as Korg, Joseph Ravenson as Gia, Matt Robotham as Egum, Aubrey Schaefer as Myra Saskin, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, Sabrina Snyder as Jennifer Grant, Jason Wallace as Kutch and the Metron, and Ron Algar-Watt as Galar. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Original theme and additional music by Rich DeThorne. For more information, episode archives, RSS feeds, and more, go to ussendeavor.com. To show your financial support for this show and receive early access to episodes, visit patreon.com slash algar. That's double A 
A-L-G-A-R. Production copyright 2021 by Algar Productions. Endeavor is not a for-profit production, and all concepts herein are property of Viacom CBS. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 